God is holy. Amen? And he is worthy of our praise. I ask you to take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6. If you're using that pew Bible right there in front of you, it's on page 789, Isaiah chapter 6. That's where we will be standing in a moment and reading. But as you turn there, I want to just give you a little background information. Isaiah was a prophet of God approximately 700 years before the birth of Jesus. This would therefore then place Isaiah over 2,700 years removed from today. Now, as a prophet of God, he would receive direct revelations and messages in many forms from God, and he was then tasked with sharing those messages of God from God to the people. And as Isaiah and all prophets, their desire was by being obedient to what God had shared to them, God was hoping to lead the people, guide the people, teach the people, and most times call them back from unfaithfulness to be more in line with him. So in order to better understand Isaiah chapter 6, I went on a little bit of a journey, a journey that I want to encourage you to take later this week, maybe today, maybe this week as God lays this message upon your heart and you want to study more in Isaiah chapter 6. So what I did is I reviewed Isaiah chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. You see, when you get to 6, it's a fabulous chapter and you're going to go, I've heard these verses before, but we need to understand the context, I believe, any time of Scripture, but especially as we read this. And so Let me just share with you a few things that I picked up in Isaiah 1 through 5 as I was walking toward Isaiah chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2, God says, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 4, that says, they have forsaken the Lord. They have turned away. Let me read, I'm still in chapter 1, and you can probably follow me because chapter 6 is just a couple of pages over, but in chapter 1, verses 11 to 13, it says, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me? This is God talking, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand to trample my courts? Bring no more futile sacrifices. Increase incense is an abomination to me. The new moons and the Sabbaths and the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meetings. And I'm going, here's my summary of what I read right there. God says, my people are religious, but they are not relational. And this is Jeff's summary of that. And God's saying, and I'm over that. And then in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18 and through 20, it reads this. The Lord says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And here's what I read in summary right there. The Lord says... 
You can be made right. You can be forgiven. And as I kept going, I got into chapter 3 of Isaiah, and verses 10 to 11, just a summary. God says, say to the righteous, it will be well with them. And woe to the wicked, it will be ill with them. Verse 13 of chapter 3 says, The Lord stands to plead, and the Lord stands to judge. And in chapter 5 of Isaiah, as we head toward chapter 6, let me read these verses, verses 1 through 6. It says, Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. O now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge please between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now, please let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it shall be burned, and will break down its walls, and it shall be trampled down. I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or dug, there shall, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds, and that no rain will be on it. The Lord says in Isaiah chapter 5 to these people, he says, what more? Can I do? And then in chapter 5, verses 20 and 21, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. God says, a common refrain that we saw in the book of Judges, that the people are choosing to live by what is right in their own eyes. And so Isaiah chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 are very challenging words from God as they provide a look at mankind, its lostness, its coming judgment, and its missed opportunities to be made right by God. And this is how God saw the world when he talked to Isaiah over 2,700 years ago. And the question I asked for us to consider is, do you think God sees the world any differently this morning? And I think the answer is, not likely. And you're going, Jeff, we haven't read Isaiah chapter 6 yet. We're getting there. Hang on. Let me share with you a number. 157,690, 157,690. That is the number of people, according to the International Mission Board, who are dying each day without Jesus. Lost people entering into a godless eternity forever to be separated from God. Everybody should have one of these if you took a bulletin this morning. That number is in here. That's why I want to encourage you to read and pray and study. I believe God sees the world today just as he saw it in the days of Isaiah. This means that we believers will face spiritual challenges daily as we seek to be faithful. But church, can I encourage you on this morning? Stand firm. Seek God daily. 
But this also means that we believers have a responsibility daily to be a witness. I saw in the news this week, I believe, that the population of this world that we live in for the first time has crossed 8 billion people. There has never been a time when more people were alive than are alive right now, which means as Christians, there has never been more opportunity to share with the lost than exists today. What an awesome opportunity we have. Church, we must share the hope of God through the gospel each day with people that are currently heading like those 157,690 that will go there today, heading for an eternity separated from God. No hope today and no hope for the future. And this brings us to Isaiah chapter 6. So I ask you to stand with me, and we're going to read Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to read the entire chapter, all 13 verses right there. Isaiah chapter 6. It's a very familiar passage to most. Isaiah chapter 6, picking up at verse 1, says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. And he said, go and tell this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their eyes and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant, the houses are without a man. The land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away and the Forsaken places are many in the midst of the land, but yet a tenth will be in it and will return, will return and be for consuming as a terebinth tree or as an oak whose stump remains when it is cut down. So the holy seed shall be its stump. Thank you, church. You may be seated. Keep your scripture open to Isaiah chapter six. I do want to encourage you to go back and read that in the context of verses of chapters one through five as it runs into that. You see, I believe that what I read and understand, what I want to encourage us to read and understand in the first five chapters of Isaiah makes what we get to read and see in Isaiah chapter 6 that much more incredible. So let's look back at just a few things in Isaiah chapter 6 together. Verse 1 says, I saw the Lord. It's interesting. God interrupted Isaiah's life in this moment. And I was struck by that. Church, do you know that the only way that you will come to know 
about God and his love for you is when he reveals himself to you. He will reveal himself through the word of God. He will reveal himself through the spirit of God. But God takes the action just like he did in Isaiah's life in chapter 6 where he stepped into Isaiah's life and interrupted Isaiah and his regular life. And so that's the challenge that we face with one another this morning. Church, will you allow God to interrupt your life, direct you, to show you more of himself? Verse 1 goes on and says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. God, as he does when we enter into his word, when we allow the Spirit to lead and guide us, when we worship him, he gives us a glimpse of himself. What a moment. In the midst of a very disheartening time for a prophet of God, for from God's desire for the people and from Isaiah's perspective, God stops Isaiah and he gets Isaiah's attention. And I believe that God is seeking to call for our attention right now as well. Go to verse 2. It describes the seraphim. Now, the scripture does not tell us the number of seraphim that we see. He just describes them and what they are doing. They are, were all angels all around. Seraphim are considered the highest rank of angels. Now, the word seraph means burn. These angels were on fire perpetually before God, praising him. Seraph also corresponds to the word light or purity. And so verse 3, as we sang just now, verse 3 cried, it says they cried out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. These angels perpetually, continually bringing up and praising a God who is holy and worthy. And they're still doing it right now. If we could get a glimpse into heaven right now, we would see God being worshipped on his throne by these angels at a minimum. The praise was real, and that praise continues to be real. The praise in heaven impacts earth. Does your praise impact heaven? As you know, we did uh, Bobby Moore's funeral this week. Bobby loved to sing, loved to sing for the Lord. And one of the ways we were encouraged, as his family was, is that they know that he's still singing. He's just singing to the Lord in his presence. And so we get this image that God allowed Isaiah to see. So Isaiah sees this image, and verse 5 says that Isaiah speaks. After seeing this image, after seeing God on the throne, the train, the angels, hearing what they're saying, praising and worshiping God, 
Isaiah finally speaks in verse 5. And all he could say is, I'm not worthy. Now, he said, woe is me. I am undone. But what he said is, I'm not worthy. Woe is me. I am undone. He goes on to say, I'm a man of unclean lips. He's confessing, I am a sinner, and I dwell among sinners. And then we read in verse 6 how heaven touches earth. It says that one of the seraphim takes a coal from the altar of God and comes and touches Isaiah's lips in verse 7. And this angel says, your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. Did you see that, church? God revealing himself led to praise. That praise of God who is worthy led to confession. Praise led to confession. Confession now led to forgiveness. What a beautiful picture. Isaiah responded to God. It would have been easy for Isaiah, who likely is the most faithful man of his time, who likely is living better than most people around him, who likely agrees with God's assessment of the state of the people, as you read in Isaiah 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, it would have been easy for, God, for Isaiah to shake his head, hear about God's impounding, coming judgment. You know, the words just sometimes just can't get out. And Isaiah could have said something like, God, you're right, go get them. But that's not what Isaiah said. But as this most faithful man saw God, I mean really saw God, really saw God because God revealed himself to him. Isaiah was broken and saw himself as undone. And do you know that without Jesus Christ, all I am is undone. I sat right here on Friday morning at, at Bobby's funeral, and I've done enough funerals, and I loved Bobby more but I just couldn't quit crying the whole service. And I think I figured it out in the two days since that time. God's goodness just overwhelms us, that he loves us and desires us to be made right and to be with him eternally. Without Jesus, I'm nothing. I am undone. And it's interesting, note this, Isaiah said, I am undone. Now, how many times have people come to you and they go, you know, I am just the worst person ever. And you go, you're not really that bad, right? We don't let people be undone. We, oh, it's okay. But that's not what God did. God did not disagree with Isaiah's assessment of himself. Isaiah said, I am undone, and God said, yep. God agreed that Isaiah was not worthy. God knew Isaiah wasn't worthy. God agreed with Isaiah that he wasn't worthy, but when Isaiah confessed before God, 
God did something about it. Sent the angel, coal touched his lips. Your sin is now gone. You are restored. Every man is completely undone before God. Those who know Jesus have just been redeemed. Verse 8, something happens. If you'll notice, if you go back and read this, something happens, something changes. In verse 8, God speaks. You recognize that in these first verses of chapter 6, God's not spoken. God has been seen. He has revealed himself. The angels are singing his praises. Isaiah is confessing. The angel comes and touches his lips and tells him that he has now been made right with God. But God hasn't said anything yet. And verse 8 says, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord. Now, I debated this statement in my heart this week. And I had two sides that I chose to try to push me to think more thoroughly. Did God speak to Isaiah after Isaiah was made clean? Or is God always speaking, but we do not hear him until we are made clean? I see you guys have been going with me. You like the first one. And then when I said the second one, all of you all, yeah, I think that's true. You know, God is always being worshipped on his throne, amen? God is always working. God is always moving. God is always desiring people to come to know him. It's not that God waited to speak to Isaiah. It's that Isaiah finally aligned himself up with a holy God and heard what God was saying. Again, notice that even the praise in heaven that we saw, got a glimpse of, it is perpetually happening. It was happening before I trusted Christ. It was happening as I trusted Christ. And it has continued to happen as a believer. And it will continue to happen in heaven forever. So we add to the praise of God when we worship him. We do not begin it. And then the Lord, in verse 8, we saw right here, the Lord is speaking and he's asking an open-ended question. Not just a single question directed specifically toward Isaiah, because it's important for us to understand. I've sort of set this whole thing up to understand that God's speaking is to all. And Isaiah's hearing is now finally aligned with when he was made right with God. And it says here in verse 8, And I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, It doesn't say, And God said to me. It says, I heard the voice of the Lord. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? I thought back, the second thing that Jesus said to his disciples after his resurrection, when he came into the room, his first thing was, peace to you. But John chapter 20, verse 21 says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. 
The question of sending has always been a scriptural call to all who believe. And God is continuing in this statement now that Isaiah has been made right with God. He hears God saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah answered the only way that he could, having seen God revealed and having experienced God change his life, Isaiah responded the only way that he could. Lord, here I am. Send me. What he's saying is, Lord, you're worthy. I'm undone. You made me right. Others are unworthy. Use me to help them be restored. Now, I've said this before. Some of you may have this written down in your Bibles right now because every time I have taught this, I've used my Bible, which happens to be the Pew Bible. And when I see Isaiah's answer here at the end of verse 8, if you're using my Bible or if you're using the Pew Bible, you'll see this. It may or may not be in yours. But Isaiah said this. He said, here I am, exclamation point, send me, period. Isaiah didn't say, God, send me. I'll go. No, because of his understanding of the revelation of God, because of his seeing God as worthy, because of him experiencing the touch of God, the being made right, the redemption in his life, his sin being taken away. Because, 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 when he hears God saying, whom shall I send? Isaiah says, here I am, send me. I want to go, I will go. You don't have to make me. You don't even have to ask again. I will go. Why, Isaiah? Why? For all those reasons we just talked about. God is holy. God is worthy. God has changed my life. And because of that, I believe that God is holy. God is worthy. And God desires to change others' lives. And so given that opportunity, send me. Now, I am becoming renewed a little bit in my thinking and in my Reading of Scripture, if you'll notice the last few weeks, we've read a whole lot more Scripture than we've just done. I think that's a good, good thing. And as we read more Scripture, we hear about God more. We reveal, God reveals himself more to us. And we have to think less about what we think and decide more about whether we're just going to be obedient or not. And God was saying, is saying, whom shall I send? It's been a little over 12 years ago since the Lord called me into the ministry. And I remember those years before that as being some of the most exciting times in my life because the Word was present. And I was studying it, and I was teaching it, and I had four Bible studies that the Lord had led me to do. And I was just in the Word, in the Word, in the Word, Church, can I tell you that when you get in the Word, God's going to change your life. Amen? That's why as your pastor, I'm going to encourage you be in the Word, be in the Word, be in the Word, because I want God to change your life. But I remember on that October day of 2010, when the Lord called me and he says, he said this, Jeff, it is time. And I knew exactly what he was telling me it was time for. 
He made that clear to me. And he continues to reaffirm it. And when he called, I remember my thinking not being, oh no, what am I going to do? God had moved me to such a point in my life with him that when he called me into the ministry, my reaction was a little bit like, really? Really, God, can I do this? He prepared me, and then he called me, and then he has continued to make it enthusiastically fun every single day. Because that's what God does. When we recognize what he's done, and then we see that there's a need, whom shall I send? Then we say, here I am, Lord, send me. You know what God does? He sends you. And I'll tell you what, it's not sad. It's not neutral. When you get to the point that Isaiah was at, when you say, here I am, Lord, send me, you'll go anywhere, say anything to anybody because you realize that God and God alone is worthy. God and God alone is able. And you will go, yes, Lord, I don't just have to do this. I get to, want to share Jesus with other people. When God reveals himself, when we see him, when we recognize our undoneness, when we confess or make clean, when our sins are purged, when we praise him and thank him, how can a person who experiences God in this fully complete way act any differently than what Isaiah said? And church, that's the challenge I have for me and for each one of you right now. We sit at a Christmas time when people are going to be open, open to be invited, open to fellowship, open to the Word of God. They'll even read it. They just won't know what they're reading if they don't know Him. Christmas is a time when God can and does reveal Himself, right? Galatians 4.4 said, in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, God revealed himself. I was reminded of a quote, and I know some of you may not like this quote, by Charles Haddon Spurgeon, talking about how can Isaiah act any differently? Send me, Lord, because of how he's been impacted by God. Spurgeon's quote was said this, have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. Church, those are harsh words. That man is saying that when you come to know Jesus in a real life transformational way, that you can't help but want to tell people about Jesus. And you're going, well, Jeff, that's that man's opinion. Well, let's just look at Scripture. Jesus is the one that's told us to go. Scripture is the one that says that we will be a new creation. Scripture is the one that tells us all these things. All Spurgeon's doing, he's creating a summary point of what Scripture teaches that will be happen. Jesus says, when I come into your life, you will become a new person. All that's old will be passed away. You'll bring glory and honor to me. You'll join the angels of praising me. You're not an angel, you're an heir of God. 
but you will join in and you will desire. And so church, do you desire to share the word of God? Now, let me give you just another example or perspective. Romans 12 verse 1 says this, tells us that it is our reasonable service to present ourselves to God to use as he pleases and to do as he says. Paul says that's your reasonable service, meaning that when you come to know God in this real and personal way, it is not just something you get a choice to do. It is something that you're going, how can I do anything else but this? And share Jesus by the way that I live my life. Think of the context of Isaiah chapters 1 through 5. God had every reason to judge the people. But his response, his response was chapter 6, and that is to reveal himself more. That's awesome. And it was true then, and it remains true now. We must say to him, Lord, here I am. Send me. Now, I've made notes, and I've talked about how we're going to vote for the budget, and we're not going to do it right this second. But I stood right here, and I've been putting the budget together, working with different committees, and I stood right here, and I've heard your feedback since Wednesday. And that vote for the budget 2023 is just in a few minutes. But in this budget, for the first time that I look back for at least the 25 years I've been here, we're planning to give over 20% of our undesignated receipts directly to mission causes. That doesn't count all the special giving like the Lottie Moon offering and all the other special ones that we will give. And I believe that God is leading us to be more gospel-focused with our resources. But I believe our greatest impact to the kingdom of God will not be measured by how much we as a church or we as individuals give. I believe that our greatest impact to the kingdom will be by how much we go. I want to ask you today a couple of questions in summary. Have you seen God high and lifted up? Have you seen yourself undone? Have you been redeemed by God through his son, Jesus? And I just created a hard fork in the road right there. Let me just go ahead and take that fork out. If you have not yet come to a point where you have accepted Jesus as your savior, would you like to know Jesus today? There is nothing in my day more important than stopping and talking with you about coming to know Jesus as your Savior. If you're online, put comments out there and go, and then call the church tomorrow. We'll make time to help you come to know Jesus. But church, if your answer is to those is, yes, I've seen God high and lifted up. Yes, I've seen myself undone. Yes, I've been redeemed by God through Jesus. If yes, are you responding to this most amazing of gifts, your salvation, with an unstoppable desire to share Jesus to those in the world?
Isaiah asked a really good question in closing. In verse 11, he said, Lord, how long? How long? And I'll give you the short version of what God said. Until. Until. Until it is over. Until you're with me. Until I return. However you want to put it. God says, until. You know when I read that to be? Jeff, every day I give you, this ought to be what you're doing. Every day. Church, every day. Isaiah couldn't help but be different because he saw God fully. Church, you get your opportunity. I pray that you are seeing God fully, but if not, I pray that God will reveal himself to you in ways that you cannot be uncertain who he is. And then I pray that you will respond. And the only way that you'll be able to, and that's going to be by yielding yourself to him. First, yielding your heart. Second, yielding your life. Amen?